Hello, my name is Hall Levin, and you are listening to Little Dragon's Journey. 你好，我叫李静晨，你正在听小龙的旅程。Beginning at the start of August, I began practicing Soto Zen Buddhism with the Sonoma Mountain Zen Center through their online programming. Four months in, I thought I would take this moment to share my experience and a few resources I found or been provided that have been useful in developing my practice of Zen. Reflecting on this journey, I was looking back at the emails I've sent and received. Email has become one of my primary forms of communication, especially when needing to communicate more than what a text allows, and more clearly than a phone call. As I mentioned in pre-departure, just sitting, my first blog post or podcast episode of this academic year, in seeking for the opportunity to volunteer at a Zen temple or center. I reached out to a number of organizations across the United States, and Jose, the vice abbot of the Sonoma Mountains and Center, was the first to reply. Soon after, I began joining morning and evening zazen, Saturday community, and a few events organized for the summer ingo period, which is a period of intense zen training, typically held twice a year. Around mid-August, I attended my first dokusan with Nyose. Dokusan is a private meeting with a Zen teacher. After my first dokusan shan with Nyose, I shared the following: "Thank you for the guidance. I've been trying to attend morning and evening zazen on the weekdays, and Saturday community on the weekends. I find doing zazen the evenings a little difficult." Because seven thirty p.m. in California is actually ten thirty p.m. in North Carolina, which is when I usually go to bed. I try not to doze off, but I often do, and find myself leaning forward. On Monday, I missed evening zazen because I fell asleep reading Zen Mind Beginner's Mind. To be honest, I'm a bit intimidated by how much information there is about Buddhism. But I thought Zen Mind Beginner's Mind would be a good place to start. Quick question: What do you mean by it is extreme, extremely rare in this lifetime to come across Zazen and the Dharma? Zazen is a meditative practice, so how can you come across Zazen? And isn't the Dharma the Buddha's teachings? So how do you come across the Dharma? Once more in August. I attended Dokushan with Nyose. During this Dokushan and the prior Dokushan, we discussed the possibility of volunteer residency. But given the pandemic,、uh, we decided that future opportunities, or he decided that future opportunities will be available. But now is not the time. In a follow-up email, he recommended reaching out to Zen centers near me. And I replied, "Thank you for the recommendations. I might join the Chapel Hill Zen Center for some of their virtual programs, but I'll keep attending the virtual programs SMZC offers. The international network of sanghas SMZC is a part of, 
is wonderful. Last night, I did by deepest practice, deepest wisdom. If I receive the book in time, I will join the study group next Tuesday. Also, thanks for the advice about fluffing up the zafu at the end of Zazen. A plump zafu is quite satisfying. I'm considering making a zebutan to go along with the zafu, if I can scrounge up enough fabric scraps for the filling. As much as I would love to visit SMZC this fall, I think it would be best for me to stay in Chapel Hill. If all is well, I hope to travel to SMZC next summer. I pray for your safety and well-being. This might be an odd question, but is there any element of prayer in Soto's and Buddhism? You may remember back in August, I sewed my own zafu, or meditation cushion. Typically, zafus and zibutons are paired together. The zibutan is placed under the zafu and is an additional bit of cushioning. Since my zafu is on top of carpeting, I still have yet to make a zibutan, um, as I suggested that I would make in the email I just mentioned or just read. But I will get around to it at some point, especially if I end up moving or traveling to a new space and would like to take my zafu along with me. At the end of August, I attended the closing Ango ceremony where Malgosha Miochu Shratska Imov, please forgive me again if I mispronounced her name, stepped down from the position of Shuso. Shuso is head student, uh, head student. It doesn't necessarily just have to be exclusively for Ango for that period of intense Zen training, uh, but in the case, in SMZC's case, based on my experience, they uh, seek to have a shuso during Ango, uh, during both winter and summer Ango. So during the closing ceremony, Sangha members are encouraged to ask questions, but being fairly new to Buddhism at this point, having only been practicing for a month or less than a month, I decided just to listen and observe. However, I really did want to thank Miyoju, and in the days following the ceremony, a question did arise. I've been meaning to thank you for serving as Shuso for SMCC's Ango. There's still so much I don't know, but through continued Zen practice and reading, I'm hoping to gain a better understanding of Zen Buddhism and become more present in this world. I decided just to observe during the closing ceremony, but I did come up with a question I considered asking you. In the four Bodhisattva vows, we vow to save all sentient beings. Saving all sentient beings is quite an ambitious task. Can we save all sentient beings? And if so, how can we save all sentient beings? I've thought about it, and I believe the answer lies, in part, in what saving is defined as, which I believe is releasing all sentient beings from suffering. As such, saving all sentient beings isn't possible, but we can support and save the individuals who enter our lives, even if on the periphery. If you have a moment, I would love to hear your own thoughts on this quandary. Miyoju promptly replied by sharing a poem she had written and had shared during the closing ceremony.
The whole world in the ten direction is the one bright pearl. When you laugh, I laugh. When you cry, I cry. Interconnected, intertwined, not separate, not different. When one knot of Indrid's net drops off its body and mind, all knots drop off the body and mind. This is saving all sentient beings. And the email continues. I've been thinking about it through all these years of practice. It seems like an impossible task to save all beings. And I think it is impossible when we approach it with our dualistic mind. I also think what is important in this vow to save all sentient beings is that it sets the correct intention into your practice. It extends it beyond yourself, your thinking mind, your own suffering, helps to ground oneself in the reality, even if, even if only through thought in the beginning, where we and other people are not separate. We are and we are not. In September, I continued the struggle with dozing off during Zazen, so Nyose offered some guidance about sitting upright. When you sit, try pushing the crown of your head straight up into the sky, like a tree being upright. Your skull will sit directly on top of your spine. When you sit upright, if you can fully see your mudra, then you are leaning too much forward. However, if you look down and slightly see the top of your mudra, then you are sitting more upright. As an external note, mudra is the position in which you hold your hands. Um, it looks like a, if you're looking straight at the person sitting, it looks like an oval um, as formed by placing uh, one hand over the other and touching your thumbs together. Anywho, sit with your sitting bones on the front half of your zafu, so you create a curve in the lower bottom of your back, allowing the spine to lengthen and be upright. Sitting with an upright posture will help the thinking mind from thoughts and thinking. The thoughts will have less of a tendency to stick. During our October dokushan, I had to end our meeting abruptly due to Chinese class, so I sent an email with thoughts I did not have time to share. Thank you again for meeting with me yesterday. Sorry I had to leave a bit quickly at the end. Your advice helped me sit up straighter last night and this morning. I think I've been unintentionally tilting my head downwards because it felt quite different keeping my head in line with my spine. There were a few questions or things I wanted to mention yesterday that I didn't really have time to express. First, in regard to the connection between poetry and Zen, I've been reading Why Poetry by Matthew Zapruder for a while, and as I was reading the Genjo Koan, one passage I read in Why Poetry really stuck out to me. Poetry has always been a drifting experience. Oh, quote, Poetry has always been a drifting experience, like it's floating in the wind, and I'm watching it, trying to grasp it back, to hold it, and look at it, and comprehend it. It is always out of reach. I keep thinking, 
I'll understand or love it with the next poem I read. That I only need one more, and then I'll get it. Alas, this seems untrue for me. I wondered about telling you how poems keep their mystery as I read them. I wondered if I should tell you I own poetry books, but cannot seem to read them. I thought more about it, about if I should tell you that. I'm not sure what the poem you sent to me means. If I should tell you, I sat on my bed one night and read the poem aloud to myself, swatting at the lines buzzing around my head, eventually laying it down to go to sleep, putting your poem to sleep as well. It makes me wonder if I'm doing it. Wrong. Poetry, that is. It makes me long for a literature class, again, where poems were discussed and analyzed. Maybe that would make me love them again. Maybe that would make me love them." Unquote. This passage really encapsulates the sort of feeling I have reading the Genjo Koan and other Soto Zen texts. The feeling of struggling to understand. The feeling that the text is simultaneously meaningless and quite meaningful. I feel that the non-dualistic nature of Zen is something that is hard to express in words, seemingly impossible. As you said, practice is the best way, the only way. There is faith, practice, and experience. It all makes sense, even when it doesn't. I also wanted to mention that I recently started engaging with the Chapel Hill Zen Center. On Halloween, CHCC held an in-person Sajiki ceremony, and I had the opportunity to talk to Zenki, Joshu Roshi's assistant, and a few of the other members. I also joined them for Zazen last Sunday morning, which was a bit different than SMCC's. There were two periods of Zazen and a period of Kinan in between. I've never tried Kinan before. Um, external note, Kinan is walking meditation. I've really never tried Kinan before. They also have Zazen every weekday, morning and afternoon. The last thing I wanted to mention or ask regards membership. I am very grateful to you all for welcoming me into your community. I've been practicing with you all since the beginning of August, and I really would like to offer a donation. How much do you recommend I donate? I've sat alone a few times, but I really do value sitting with SMCC Sangha, despite being on the opposite side of the country. I suppose I would like to officially become a member of SMCC, if at all possible. I would love to volunteer with you all next summer. This question might seem a bit random, but when I talked to your father last month, I believe you mentioned that his parents are Chinese. Just out of curiosity, are you able to speak Chinese? I've been learning Chinese for four years, and I'm currently learning Chinese with the Wenzhou or Slang University of Languages. I'm not really fluent, but I can generally hold a conversation. I was curious to ask because I think it would be interesting to talk about Zen in Chinese. And he promptly replied around the beginning of November. Good morning. Thanks for sharing in your email. When we drop the intellect, like an engine idling, not engaging, we are aiming at, quote, what is doing or undoing, 
unquote. We discover something beyond that is, is marvelously connected. You must keep on aiming, and it will grow. I am happy that you connected with the Chapel Hill Zen Center. I met Reverend Pat Phelan over several occasions at our yearly Sotos and Buddhist Association teachers meeting in Los Angeles. I was thinking of how to connect you to them since you are close. I'd recommend that you talk with Reverend Phelan Roshi, Roshi directly if you can, just to make a direct connection with Chapel Hill's teacher. You are now mapping out the calendar for 2021. We hope sooner, but looks like the vaccine will be available for everyone next fall. Let's keep practicing together and see what unfolds. It would be great to have you come and practice with us when we open safely. My grandparents on both sides, Roshi and Shinko, Shinko is Roshi's wife, uh, as an external note. Uh, they both immigrated to the United States, fleeing China's Great Famine and Depression. It was not easy. They came to California due to propaganda. The streets were paved with gold to make money to bring back to their families. They came over and couldn't return due to unforeseen circumstances, but managed to send small portions of money back under extremely hard conditions. Both my parents were born in San Francisco Bay Area. Chinese during that time were not allowed to speak Chinese outside of their homes and were forced to assimilate to Western ways. They lived a life of not to rock the boat so they would not be deported and sent back to China. Roshi and Shinko grew up speaking Chinese only within their family. They can speak a small amount of Cantonese, the southern Toisan dialect, Chinese language stopped with their generation. My grandparents chose the last name Kuang for immigration purposes to enter the States. Our real blood name is Chin, which is connected to Sakito Kisen Stonehead, who was one of the founding fathers of Soto Zen's Silent Illumination School. I grew up in so Sonoma, being one of the few minorities in my school, and it was not an easy time. For many years, I felt ashamed to be Chinese. However, as I grew older, I find as I grew older, I find that my connection to China is naturally deepening from sitting practice, and also finding out the deep blood lineage of this practice, India to China to Japan and to the United States. So we find that we are all in interconnected and the same when we return to this ground of being. It's great that you are studying and can speak Chinese. I'm happy that you asked me this question so that I can reflect on the depth of my being as well. Let's continue to reflect. I feel like my Zen journey through emails is quite revealing. It's wonderful having these emails to reflect on, you know, what I've learned and how far I've come from beginning to practice Zen in August. I started out with just a sense of curiosity. I wasn't even really sure if I would continue to practice month after month. I just wanted to see what it what it's like to practice Buddhism. And I'm so grateful for all the people who have welcomed me into the, the Soto Zen community and 
based on my experience thus far, I plan to continue to practice Sotism Buddhism and continue to explore uh, this practice. Please visit holmlevin.wixsite.com slash little dragon journey to access the transcript of this episode. And know you're always welcome to contact me through my website, email, or social media. Thank you for joining Little Dragon's Journey. Bye bye.